Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. But when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all that information overload and choose what actually governs our lives? Well, as we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. 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 Whatever Hello, those Jeff. are. Hey, Joe. How are you? Good. Better Excellent. than you. Joe's Better. tired today. I am tired today. He's a little and bit, little bit, you know, can't be wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is <laughs> <laughs> so for those that wouldn't know, uh, we record these, uh, almost every time we record these, it's a Wednesday late afternoon. Late, like the worst possible time yeah, to do Yeah, and this. so uh, we often are coming in slap happy or dragging, or and I feel like that's half of why, just like right now, we just banter at the beginning. It's I, almost to wake up. It is, because I, I walk into the building to record these. I, I immediately go make a cup of tea, because it has <laughs> caffeine in it. And I'm like, I've got to uh, to be uh, a happier version on the outside than I feel on the inside when I first come in. Now, let me say this, Joe. Five minutes with you, I'm in a way better mood. Oh, Jeff. Yeah, and seven minutes in, I can't stand it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a two minutes of bliss. Uh, it's confusing. Hey, by the way, did Bob Ball show you his mixed messages tattoos? <laughs> he, our most dedicated fan got a tattoo of mixed messages. Now right. it washes off. Oh, okay. I, I would... If it's a wash-off one, I would like one of those. So, Bob, <laughs> uh, if you want to pass along, pass the luck around, that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, I actually just got to spend uh, a part of my weekend with Bob. You did? Yeah, he was at a, a No a retreat. wonder you're exhausted. Well, <laughs> there's, some, there's a little bit of truth to that. No. Uh, man, that was a fantastic time. Just... Uh, he He's working on some stuff that's really, really fun. That's he's awesome. He's re- really passionate, not only about Jesus, but about helping men uh, really dive into having that connection, and it's it's exciting stuff. So that was fun. I love those retreats. I, I also did a, a like a Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. with a bunch of our care team and, and um, recovery team volunteers, and it, it's just fun. It, it's it's so much fun. You know, I you remember this too. I remember this clearly. Like there was a time when the mission and vision of Grace Church was like me and Heidi. Sure. So like to be in rooms of people mm-hmm. who like are as passionate about what Christ is doing as you are, there's like nothing, there's very few things more fulfilling mm-hmm. than that. To Like it's it's truly the, the spiritual entity of the church. Like, yeah, we're one, one in spirit, baptism, and faith. And it's like, yeah, we're just trying to, you know, make a difference in people's lives and build the kingdom of God. And so, even though it is exhausting, it's exhausting because every everybody goes back to work Monday morning, right, us, exactly. us too, you know, when yep. we do those retreats. Um, but it's uh, it's just always worth it, and it's like refreshing and encouraging too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a secondary reason why this podcast exists. I mean, you're just always trying to help people navigate. Like, hey, if you're leading in this charge and you're passionate about Jesus and you're trying to wade through all of the junk that's coming our ways from every which angle, like, how do we kind of stay afloat, stay unified, stay focused on Jesus yeah. through all that junk? And so it's kind of why this exists. The big part of it is like, we, we're like, can't preach a sermon about everything, you know, because some things aren't sermon ish. Right. But these are questions that sh- like actually show up in people's lives. Like yeah. these are questions that they're real questions. They're not stuff we're sitting around making up. And yeah. so I can't remember the last time that we had to submit our own question. Yeah. I mean it's just literally there I think our 
well, I won't say the number. It's not an overwhelming amount, but there's plenty of questions still in the hopper. Yeah. You know? And so when we say, uh, if you want to submit questions, you can do that at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. We're serious. <laughs> Uh, and, um, yeah, we really do get those, and we really do add them to the list, and we get to them as soon as we can. So it's That's really, really awesome. Good. Well, speaking of things that aren't preachable. Speaking of it. Um, but that are good to talk about. Today we're talking about baseball bats. Yeah, I was reading this. <laughs> so uh, today's question comes from our listener. He says, I've had a baseball bat my entire life so that I could defend myself in my home in case an intruder breaks in. As I have grown in my faith, I've started to question my heart on this defense plan I love how he says that, my defense plan, like yeah. as if there's like blueprints in a drawer, you know, yeah. it's like my defense, guy breaks in, I grab bat, you know, like... <laughs> it's a schematic. <laughs> I picture a little bit of Home Alone there. Um, I see examples in the Word of followers of Christ who have laid down their lives. We do not fight a battle of flesh and blood, but a spiritual one. For example, Stephen and Acts. It's the only time in Scripture when it was written that Jesus stood, quote-unquote, next to the Father while Stephen was speaking, witnessing, and having a face of an angel. Thus, he was doing the right thing, but Jesus was standing in heaven cheering Stephen on. Persecution scattered the people of Christ, the gospel was spread, so it was good. This makes me question if self-defense is right. For example, should I throw away my baseball bat and wait for the police to show up if someone breaks into my home? Where do we go from here? It's a really good question, and a lot of times this question comes up uh, with the baseball bat, you could put in there a handgun, you know, a shotgun, those kind of things. I, um, for a season of my life, I may or may not have had one of the machetes I got in Haiti somewhat near my bed. So, yeah, well, yeah. I've never had to use it. No, I actually eventually took it outside and I use it to, like weed in my ditch. But. Yeah, yeah, it can be, it can be kind of anything. You know, it's a, it's a really, really interesting question. And I actually appreciate the thoughtfulness of it. Yeah. Because, um, I think there's some nuances to it. I, I really think defending oneself is a very different question than defending one's family. Interesting. And both of those are different questions than being a martyr. Okay. So um, I'll kind of try to do that backwards. So being a martyr, being a martyr is when you specifically lay down your life for the cause of the gospel or um, because you won't recant the gospel. Mm. And what you're seeing with Stephen there in the book of Acts is you're seeing martyrdom happen, Mm -hmm. uh, where uh, Stephen is refusing to renounce or recant the gospel. He is being stoned to death because of the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus said, people will hate you because of me, you're seeing that hate play out. It's a different version of the cross, basically. Um, And you'll see that uh, through Scripture. You'll see persecution, Mm -hmm. which is a a non-lethal form of martyrdom, right? So... Uh, you'll see uh, Daniel persecuted. You know, Daniel didn't pull out a gun and back everybody off on his way to the lion's den. Of course, that was supposed to be martyrdom. Right. That's like, <laughs> God just intervened. Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would yep. be examples of that, and, and uh, Joseph when he was taken to prison, etc. So these are... Um, the people are in that position because... Uh, the world and or Satan is demanding that they publicly recant or um, deny who God is, who Christ is, and they will not do that. And or 
they publicly will not worship a false god, which would have been like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So in those circumstances, that is a place that I do believe that you, you let the sovereignty of God play out. And if you've ever written, uh, uh, read uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs, or um, a modern-day version of that was DC Talk back in the 90s put out a book called Jesus Freaks, uh, what, you'll, what you'll see is story after story after story. You'll even see Voices of the Martyrs as a publication that is regularly telling the stories of people around the world even now. Yep. Yeah. And what that is, that is God working in a unique way, because what martyrdom does, uh, the person is blameless and innocent morally and legally, mm. right? So, uh, uh, and I, actually, I should be careful about saying legally, because sometimes it's the government's wrong, but morally they're innocent. Um, it is the gospel and the truth of Christ that they will not recant. And when they are martyred, their cause becomes amplified and strengthened. So you think of... Uh, something that uh, uh, someone who was martyred for a cause, uh, an example that we would all know is Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. So when Earl Ray shot Dr. Martin Luther King, he didn't silence him. He amplified that message. Yep. Um, and Dr. King would not, all Dr. King had to do was be quiet and go home. And he's like, no, this is morally wrong. Yeah. I will not recant this message of, of equality and social justice. He, he laid down his life. Now, he, I would say he did that voluntarily, um, even though he was assassinated, because he knew about the death threats and he knew about the danger, and he would not stop doing what he was saying. So you pull that over then into like the the scriptural context, into a believer's context. Persecution is something that we as a church or as the people of God are taught to endure. Um, And then martyrdom can be the outcome of that persecution. That's what you're seeing in Acts. That's what Jesus, the, the questioner said, like was cheering on, so to say. And the Bible says there's even like a... A unique reward in heaven for those who are, are martyred. That is a certainly a turn the other cheek. That is Jesus's example in the garden. When Jesus rebuked Peter for cutting uh, the, the guard's ear off, um, he was rebuking Peter for interfering in a process that he wanted or God wanted or knew had to happen. So that's one thing, and, and it's unique to that thing. Mm-hmm. Now you get into the self-defense question, and I think personal self-defense and then like family self-defense are different questions because of the role that I have. So would you, I'm curious if you would create either a fourth category or if you would lump in like loved ones or like the innocent you're trying to protect Yeah, with um, family. Yeah, I, either way you can do it, but I would put that in that second category. Okay, yeah. But yeah, you could make another category. But so there, in in personal self defense, you what you get into a scripture is the turn the other cheek, and it depends on what that self defense means. Mm. So if that self defense means 
I'm defending this home, and what that means is I'm going to kill you if you take my television. <laughs> then I would say give them, look at the robber, look at them and say, I don't want you to commit a crime. I will give you my television. Right. Right? Like, it, like you're, that's turning the other cheek. Another example that the Scripture uses is going the second mile. Mm-hmm. You having an injustice put upon you, and which is the example there. And Jesus says, "Don't just walk two miles, uh, or one mile walk two. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't just give them your tunic; give them your cloak as well." Right. So, you want to carjack me? You know what? Don't carjack me. Uh, I'll just let you have my car. I don't even want you to commit a crime. Right. Mm-hmm. And when it when when we are talking about things, and we are talking about um, uh, insignificant things. I can't in anywhere see in scripture where like pull out your baseball bat and beat beat the person to death is what we're talking about. Now, that's that when you attack me and you attack me with words or you attack me because of the gospel, I think the idea of turn the other cheek is there. If I'm walking down the street and you don't know who I am, or I'm in my home and you don't know who I am, and you attack me to attack me, mm-hmm. the idea of defending myself is different. Um, and the idea of defending myself so you run away is different than defending myself to get vengeance and revenge on you. Yes. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. So waving your baseball bat in this in this analogy or this story is different than like hitting you over the head repeatedly with it. Right, for sure. So I think if you attacked me on the street and the gospel wasn't involved, it was just a random mugging, I think I I would feel responsible to defend myself. I'm still a husband and a father and my family needs me in those ways. I would not look and say, I would defend myself to your death. Mm. Um, uh, I personally, I think, would have trouble taking a life when I know that my soul is secure. Mm. So um, that's just a personal conviction. So you'd have to think that through, you know. It's the difference between carrying a taser and carrying a gun. You know, like one one is a deadly weapon, one is a defensive weapon. And that's, and I, everybody listening, listen, I did not say one or the other. I said, that's a conviction that I think you have to come to. Mm-hmm. Um, I have come to the conviction that I'm not going to carry a deadly weapon yeah. right now. You, I believe you can disagree with me and both of us can be right. That's my personal conviction. But that's defending me. Mm-hmm. That's Jeff, Jeff's reputation, Jeff's name, Jeff's physical space and his physical body. The third category is defending someone else. And this is everything from there's a, a harmful person in my home and my children are upstairs. Mm-hmm all the way to there's innocent people and we need to go liberate Europe from the Nazis. Mm-hmm. That is a different place that the, that the um, I believe that you find yourself in Scripture. Uh, so as a father, when I, am, when I am a father, I believe I am responsible to the degree that I can be 
for my children's safety. Mm-hmm. So am I going to have a baseball bat by my bed? I'm like, well, maybe. that that To me, that seems like a little bit of a measured way to think about defending my family. Mm-hmm. Am I going to live in fear? No. no. Am I going to try to for am I going to forget that the Lord is my f- family's defender? I don't think so. I think um I think I take th- my role as a father seriously. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and I'm going to defend them. And that's not always against people. Uh, the the one time that I actually carried a gun on my person was when I was we were out actually out west hiking. Mhm. And I'm like, if there's a, because there'll be signs up, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And I'm like, if I have six children with me, mm-hmm. and if if there's an animal, because they'll, they'll warn you about them. And and the the this is the park system, and they'll also say, like, your safety is your responsibility. I'm like, I think I'll bring a pistol with me. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't, I wasn't afraid of getting mugged. I was afraid of, like... A bear. A bear, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I think that thought process is a God-honoring thought process. Mm-hmm. I don't think it means that everybody has to carry a gun. I didn't have any bear spray. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It just means I was thinking about it. And if I live in a place or I'm going to a place and I realize my children are also my responsibility... I don't have a desire to wound or hurt anybody. I certainly don't have a desire to kill anybody. But I also feel a conviction that I need to protect. Mm -hmm. If that conviction is actually not about me, it's about them, I do not think that that is dishonoring or um, an expression of a lack of faith. It may be an expression of prudence Mm -hmm. on, on your part. I don't know. So... I, I just think we're taught you have to be careful because I've I've heard pastors say uh, every every man is responsible to uh, carry a, a gun Whoa. to protect their family and I'm like no I don't think so I am not a person who's afraid of guns because um, I've grown up with them and I'm like I so I'm not saying don't carry a gun I would definitely say you need to be trained and know what you're doing <laughs> for sure it um, but. I wouldn't say that. I don't feel that conviction, though. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't carry a weapon. Um, and I really think... But I do think about the safety of my family. Like, I walk around at night and lock the doors before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And we live in a very safe place, but I still do that. And I think I think about, like, if there was a fire, how, how I've t- I taught... My kids are older now, but when they were little, I'm like... Here's a fire extinguisher and there's a flashlight because of where your bedroom is. Mm-hmm. You and I are going to think through how to get out of here if something happens. Mm-hmm. So I'm responsible for that. Yep. So in this question, like looking and saying, am I thinking about being responsible for my my family's safety? I'm like, yeah, a, a baseball bat is not a crazy solution to that. Mm-hmm. Standing on the front porch and threatening your neighbors with it is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but something that goes bump in the night and and you have a reason to worry about it. Yeah, I I can see that. But I think we have to think about it in those ways. Yeah, and even um 
I'm going to be careful not to get people going down mental rabbit trails where now they're doing all these mental gymnastics of what if, but, you know, in some ways, what if that happened, what would you do? Like, you're, you're, you were talking about how, like, it's, it's a appropriate measured response. Yeah. It doesn't turn into revenge. And so stopping the intruder or getting them to realize I shouldn't have come in here, now I'm leaving, is very different than now exacting revenge on, well, you broke into the wrong house, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, like, that's a totally different mindset. And, like, when you were even breaking down what um, P- Jesus said to Peter in the garden, not only was Peter getting in the way, we get no impression that the guard was attacking the, Jesus or the disciples. Like, Peter drew a sword and attacked the guard. Yeah. You know, like, it wasn't a, a measured response. Like... You know, I realize arrest can be contentious depending upon who you're talking to today, but imagine someone just being under arrest peacefully, and then the buddy's friend pulling out a weapon on the police officer. You'd be like, Brody, you shouldn't have drawn on the police officer. And that's what Peter did in that instance. Yeah, and and, and he was interfering with, with a, like, a predetermined plan, mm-hmm. so to say, that um, that Jesus was working on. And I think... I just think you get into, I, I think we try to make these things black and white, mm-hmm. and then they become political. Right. And so carrying a weapon has been so politicized yep. that we don't think about it in a moral context, because I do not think it's immoral for a police officer to have a weapon. Sure. And, and or to, I, I have a friend, a police officer, who had to stop an assailant. Yeah. Who who had uh, taken the lives of several people before he got there? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm grateful he had a weapon. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, immoral for someone in the military to use a weapon. I'm grateful that um, the men and women, in as an example, World War II stopped mm-hmm. Hitler mm-hmm. and all of his atrocities. So I don't think it's immoral that an individual carries a gun or has a weapon, I think it's a massive responsibility. And I don't know, I don't know that property equals a life. Yeah, right. I certainly don't think that revenge, like, you don't trespass on my land, you know, I certainly don't think that equals a life. But there's all kinds of examples, um, even in like the church world, that if a trained lay person with a gun hadn't been watching that a gunman has come into church services and would have wreaked havoc and they were stopped. So you, a, a gun is a, is a tool mm-hmm. that has to have morality behind it. Mm-hmm. So is a baseball bat. Right. Um, so is pepper spray. Baseball bats and pepper spray don't have lethality behind them. They're not lethal. Right. Right? And so that's where you have to think about, like, do, do you want... And, and I would... I really appreciate this question. It's thoughtful in my mind. So, like, yeah. he's asking, like, is, what is the morality behind my baseball bat? And I'm like, well, if it's busting up somebody's car you're mad at, it's an immoral thing. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, I show it and yell at somebody and they run out of my house and my kids are safe, it's a very moral thing. Mm-hmm. 
So I just think we have to think about it that way. And I, and I, and I think the same thing about like what we allow to happen to us. Like there was a morality or a, a spiritual drive behind what Stephen did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the martyrdom. The same thing with the persecution. There's a morality uh, or a spiritual drive behind persecution. Uh, and then I think there's a morality and a spiritual drive behind home defense or the defense of others. Yep. I I love the simplicity of how you brought this down. And, you know, much like many of our topics, it's not like, well, here's just a quick one-liner answer. This is worth the conversation. But I think I specifically love the distinction between the idea of martyrdom and then the idea of what it means to defend loved ones, and then certainly a measured and appropriate response if you have to defend yourself very different conversations, um, praying through those, landing on convictions that align with the Word of God. Um, this is, I think this is really, really helpful, and yeah. I hope our listener um, feels like this is, yeah, okay, I can start to settle uh, within my soul and with the Lord on where I can land with this, and I uh, hope that's very, very helpful to them. Well, uh, if you would like to submit questions, uh, maybe it's a follow-up to this one or something totally different, you can always do so at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you take any unique next steps or process anything, you can always reach out to us, let us know, and we'd love to help you journey through that. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a group of people that are striving after following Jesus, you can always join us here at Grace in person or even check us out online. Thanks so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.